0: You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to Acts chapter
1: 11. I pause there because um, I really want to start in Acts chapter 9. <laughs> um, Acts chapter 9. This
0: story really begins in Acts chapter 9, verse 32. It is one story with multiple scenes that Peter summarizes in chapter 11. I I wish that today or sometime this week or maybe every day this week, maybe let me just say it this way,
1: this week, study Acts chapter 9 through 11. Most of the Bibles are separated um, in what's called pericopes in the
0: sections. You'll have a little heading there, like Acts chapter 9, verse 32. It says the healing of Aeneas, um, <clears throat> and so on, and so on. Some some translate. You know, that's not um, that's not the inerrant word, the title, the separation. Th- those were not separated in the original language. When we translated into English, we like I had anything to do with it not not we. When the translators translated the Bible, uh, they uh, through a group of editors, they p- make those paragraph. Breaks as they feel best. Most of the translations agree, uh, because every translation is a little bit different. Most of the translations agree on the paragraph breaks, these pericope breaks. Each one of these breaks is a scene and they're all connected. And, and this is why I want to encourage, I don't have time this morning to read and, and, and to unpack every single one of these scenes, but they are all connected, and, and Peter does an incredible job in chapter 11. That's why we're going to spend our time in chapter 11, 11 through uh, 1, verse uh, through 18. Uh, but Peter does an incredible job of summarizing uh, chapters 9 and 10, but I want to encourage you to go back. Uh, and study those because they are rich uh, with with God's love. This morning, I've titled the message Jesus' Power to Free Us from Racial and Social Discrimination. Jesus' power to free us from racial and social discrimination. We pick up the text this morning, actually in chapter nine, where we're reintroduced to Peter, the, the Peter, one of the apostles of Jesus, the one that often would uh, stick his foot in his mouth, right? Um, Peter, the one that was really the spokesman for the twelve apostles, the disciples, and and we've not seen him a little while in in the book of Acts, and and we're reintroduced to him. And here's what we're going to see: if you're this week as you study Acts chapter nine and Acts chapter ten, you're going to see that. Peter, who is a child of God, who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, is struggling with racism. And what Jesus does is Jesus converts Peter, not converts him to salvation, he's already saved, but he converts him from a hater of the Gentiles to a lover of the Gentiles. Jesus has the power This is what we're going to see in our text, to free us from racial and social discrimination. I want to make a couple of statements, and I'm going to say basically the same thing three times because I want you to get it, and I really couldn't decide the best way to say it. Does that make sense? The first way I'm going to say it is this, God's love for the nations should be evident in the ministries of. Of the church. God's love for the nation should be evident, should be very clear in the ministries of the church. Here's what we're seeing in Acts chapter, or in the book of Acts, it is the history of the church, it is the, uh, it is the birth of the church, it is the expansion of the church. And what we have seen so far, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see the birth of the church. We see because of outside persecution, we see them being sent out. And the church explodes in growth because of, if you remember, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 7, the, the persecution of Stephen. Stephen is stoned. They all leave Jerusalem, and we see Acts chapter 1
1: begin to play out. The church is planted. Persecution sent the church out.
0: Racism and discrimination could have been
1: a roadblock to the ministry, the mission of God. But God wasn't going to allow that to happen. So He uses Peter. Another way
0: that I want to say it is this, God's love. This is maybe a little bit more on a personal level where I've said God's love for the nation should be evident in the ministries of the church, the mission of the church. Let's make this very personal to us because the church is the people. So God's love for all people, regardless of skin color, regardless of financial status, status, regardless of neighborhood, regardless of past sins, should be evident through the ministry of of God's children through the mission of God's children God's love for all people should be evident through the ministry of God's children listen if we do not like fellowshipping with people of another race of another of, uh, with another ethnicity or another socioeconomic status then listen we will not like
1: heaven Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says this After I looked and
0: there was a vast multitude from every nation every tribe every people and language which no one could number that's how large it was there was people of every tribe every nation every tongue there
1: you couldn't even count the number standing before the throne and before the lamb God's love for all people should be
0: evident through the ministry, through the mission
1: of God's children.
0: Mahatma Gandhi, uh, you've heard the name, uh, was assassinated, I believe, in the 40s. He was a lawyer. He was an activist, a peaceful activist in India, uh, striving for um, uh, for, for India to get out from underneath the British rule. Mahatma Gandhi, in his autobiography, makes this statement. He says this, that in his student days in England, he was deeply touched by reading the Gospels, listen to this, and he seriously considered to converting to Christianity. Can you believe that? I mean,
1: the face of India today is Mahatma Gandhi. At one point in his early 20s, he considered... Becoming a Christian, so much so. Listen to what he says. He says that um, he says that
0: Christianity seemed to offer a real solution to the caste system in india india has a caste system where where if you're born into this caste then then uh, especially the higher caste then you are a king or a queen everything is at your fingertips if you are of the lower caste you are a dog you are you are worthless literally this is what this is what uh, godwin you know our missionary over there in india this is what he said he said if i run over one of the cow- there's cows in the middle of the street. There's water buffalo walking down the street. Goats everywhere, just animals, wild animals. Uh, he said, if I, if, I was to, if I was to run over an animal, um, there, there would be a mob. If I tried to take off and not pay restitution and not try to get that animal uh, well, there would be a mob coming after me. But if I ran over, and I don't remember the name of that lower caste, but if I ran over one of them walking across the street,
1: no one would bat an eye. That's the caste system in India. Uh, An example. Here's what Gandhi says. He said, I thought Christianity seemed to offer a real solution
0: to the caste system that divided our people. And so one Sunday, Mahabha Gandhi attended church and he decided to ask the minister to enlighten him on salvation and other doctrines. Watch this. When Gandhi entered the sanctuary, the ushers refused to give him a seat and suggested that he go elsewhere to worship with his own people. He left and he never came back. And here's here's his statement. If Christians have caste differences also, I might as
1: well remain a Hindu. The statement, You need to go worship with your own people. To him was the same as caste. And if Christians
0: have caste, then that's what I'm at. I'd like to see the end of caste system. It seems like Christianity has the answer to that. He remained a Hindu. And today, unless he became a Christian and it's not written down somewhere, he is burning in hell.
1: The third way I want to make this overarching statement is this, the point of this message. The love
0: for all people by God's people, privately and corporately, should mirror God's love for all
1: people. The love for all people by God's people should mirror God's love for all people. Here's the deal. That's not always evident in my life. I want it to be, and I want to grow in that, but it's not always evident in my life. And
0: here's the thing: It wasn't evident in Peter's life as well. Mark this down in, in, in the margin of your notes. Galatians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12. 11 through 13. Galatians chapter 2. Acts and Romans, first and 2 Corinthians, Galatians I have to read sing them.
1: Galatians, chapter two. Verse 11. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. This is about Peter. He uses the word Cephas, but he's talking about Peter. But when
0: Cephas came, Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Why would Paul do that? Why would Paul oppose... Peter because he stood condemned for he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James oh what's about to happen here however when they came he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party we're going to talk about who that is here in just a moment the circumcision party so here's the deal Peter would go and eat with the Gentiles and act like he accepted them act like he loved them but when some of his own people when some of Peter's own people would come around he would separate. Do you, you, remember, you remember that feeling when you were in school? Like you had the buddy until his buddies came around and all and you're no longer the buddy? That's, what, that's, what's, that's what's going on. That's what's going on in Peter's life. Listen, Peter wasn't
1: always mirroring the love of God. And God knew that. And here's what we see in Acts God is setting him free. From that.
0: Go on, it says in verse 12, For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men he came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and he separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy. This is why this is so dangerous. The rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy and even, even the loved and the well-respected Barnabas was led astray by
1: their hypocrisy listen the propensity to discriminate is a
0: result of humanity's sinful fallen nature that's it is our sinful fallen nature but second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this if anyone is in christ he is a new creation That means that sinful nature has died and the new has come. And here's here's the hard truth that we must must come to wrestle with. If we continue down the path of racism, of discrimination of any sort, we are choosing
1: to do so when we have been set free from it. And here's what we see in our text. Jesus has the power to
0: free us from racial and social discrimination. He does it in the life of Peter. And and, and Peter has some some guys that come with him and he does it in their life as well. They're, They're amazed at what God has done in their own life. Listen, God will cleanse us from deep, generational racism he'll cleanse us from social discrimination prejudices racism discrimination in any form i'm not sure why i'm putting the qualifiers in there but listen discrimination of any form for any reason listen is evil we must recognize that church it is evil. It is not something that we can just, just kind of, uh, you know, that's just, that's just who I am, or that's just, you know, that's just my generation, or that's just, that's just who we are in this part of the country. No, listen, it is evil, and we must repent of it and continue to repent as long as there is a tendency for this evil to raise its ugly head in our own life. Listen, I, I can't repent for you. I can't repent for my father and for my grandfather, but I can repent when it raises its ugly head in my own life. And we must. Why? Why do I say that? Why, why can't this just be a little gray sin that really does, you know, it doesn't hurt the, uh, the, big, the big scheme of, of things? Why must I do it? Because discrimination of any form hinders the ministry and the mission of God. Look, look with me real quick. Psalm chapter 120 or 146. Psalm 146. you want to see the, the ministry and the mission of God?
1: Psalm 146. Verse 5. Verse 5 says this Happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob,
0: whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth. And he is also the maker of the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Watch the next
1: three verses reveal. The mission, the ministry of God. He
0: remains faithful forever. Watch this. Executing justice for the exploited. Giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects resident aliens. And He helps the fatherless and the widow. There are ten, There's ten descriptions right there in those few verses that, that reveal the mission of God. And you say, well, wait, wait, that, that's, that's great. That's, that's God's mission. Maybe that's not my mission. No, Listen.
1: God empowers the hands of His children to do this work. Let me write it down how I put it in my Bible. Work done by God's power through the hands of God's people.
0: This this work, this mission, He remains faithful forever. Executing justice for the exploited. How does God do that? He empowers
1: His children to do that. And if we struggle with discrimination of any kind, then we hinder the mission and the ministry of God. And so, let's get into our text. Acts chapter 11. Now remember, this is a
0: summary of 9, 10, uh, the last part of chapter 9 and the first part of 11. Or I'm sorry, last part of chapter 9 in all of 10. Look at verse 11. The apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the Word of God. Here's the discrimination, the racism was against the Gentiles. And now all of these people are beginning to hear, wait a minute, you mean the Word of God has gone out to the Gentiles? Yes, and they're beginning to hear about it. Verse two, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him. Here's a group of people who were Jews who had become Christians, but yet they're reaching back into their Judaism and they're pulling out the law that to be truly clean, to truly be a child of God, you must be circumcised. And, and, and really, the entire book of Galatians is speaking. They're, they began, this group of people, this circumcised party, really caused a lot of trouble for the early church. Paul's entire letter of Galatians is written against this group of people. And so, so Peter, he goes up to Jerusalem. The circumcised party criticized him. Listen to what they say. Verse 3, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. How dare you go and be around
1: them? If they only knew, actually what he did was he invited them into his own house. Verse 4. Peter began to explain to them step by
0: step. And what he means by that, he's actually going to go through all of verse 10. He's going to summarize it. He begins to explain to them what's happened step by step. Verse 5 I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven. And it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. I also heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat it.
1: That is, you can find that whole story in 10 verses 9 through 16. Look at what happens, verse 8. These first two words are not recommended. Brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: Look at what Peter says. And Peter's pretty good about this, right? Peter has a history of telling Jesus no. He also has a history of telling Jesus no three times. He does the same thing here. He says, No, Lord. For nothing impure or richly unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call um, impure. We need to highlight that, underline that, underscore that in our Bible. What God has made clean, you must not call impure. Now, this happened three times, meaning this. First time, Peter said, No, Lord. Second time, No, Lord. Third time, No, Lord. Now this happened three times and everything was drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. That would be like um, that statement right there. We can't can't run past that.
1: That would be like um, me coming to church today and you guys saying, um, I, I saw... I, I saw uh, um, a bunch of cars at
0: your house last night, and um, and 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 they all
1: of their license plates said China, specifically Wuhan, China. And 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 you were you were you've invited them into your house? Like, what are you? What are you? What are you thinking? What are you? What are you doing?
0: At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea. That, 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 that's the word, Caesarea. Caesarea is the Roman outpost. They have, they, they, they have Israel. They, they, Rome owns Israel, and the outpost is in Caesarea. They hate Caesarea. Caesarea would have been the social equivalent to, to New York City today, or to, uh, to Las Vegas today. They, uh, Caesarea was the place of sin. If you wanted to sin, that's where you would go. And these three men came from Caesarea to Joppa, where Peter is at. Verse 12. But watch this. The Spirit. Who who is that? It's God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit told me to accompany them with no doubts at all. Meaning this, he had doubts. Peter, Peter really didn't want to. He but he he had doubts, but the Holy Spirit says, "Don't doubt. Don't be don't be fearful." These six brothers also accompanied me, so he he brought along some with him, and we went in to the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house. This is um, he's summarizing now, chapter ten, verses one through eight, Cornelius's house, who who. Um, uh, was a leader in Capernaum uh, he reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying send to joppa and call for simon who is also named peter he will speak a message to you by which you and all
1: your household will be saved so so god through an angel sends a message And now these these two visions are coming together. These
0: two messages, the one sent from an angel and the one sent by the Holy Spirit are coming together. He says, He will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. Verse 15, as I began to speak, here's the Holy Spirit again, the Holy Spirit came down on them just as it, Just as on us at the beginning, I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is a beautiful statement because listen, if we ever struggle what scripture means, if we're ever struggling what God is doing, we should filter it through the word of God. And here's what John is doing, or here's what Peter is doing. He's like, man, it's not making sense to me, but I remember what God said to us. It's a great example of us filtering the events of the
1: world through Scripture and not th- reverse. Look at verse 17. If then, here's, here, here's Peter defending, here's, he, he's reasoning why he ate with them.
0: Remember, that's the charge. You ate With these dirty people. You ate with these Gentiles. You had dinner with them. Here's his reasoning. Here's his defense. If then God gave them the same gift that He also gave to us when we believed, if you just think back to Acts chapter 2, if He gave them the same gift when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly, watch this, here's the phrase, how could I possibly hinder God? How could I possibly say, no, the Holy Spirit came to Cornelius in that wicked city Capernaum, and the Holy Spirit came to me, and He says, go with them. How in the world could
1: I hinder God when the Holy Spirit is sending me? Look at what happens. When they heard this, They
0: became silent, and they glorified God, saying, So then, God has given repentance resulting in life
1: even to the Gentiles. You see their hatred there? (laughs) Even to the Gentiles. That verse 7 is really the core. Of our text. Why? why? Why should we root out
0: any form of discrimination? Because if we allow it to continue to root and, and grow its, its, uh, its, its, its trunk and grow the fruit of that, listen, it will hinder God using you for His glory and for His honor. If then God gave them, unclean Gentiles, the same gift, the Holy Spirit, that He also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? How could I possibly, Peter is saying, how could I possibly discriminate against this group of people? I can't. I will not. I must not. So, how do we, how do, we do this? How, let's, let's consider three ways that we can advance God's mission and His ministry by displaying a love for the nations and and literally for all of our neighbors. Three ways that we can advance God's mission and ministry by displaying a love for the nations and all of our neighbors. Number one is this. We can show no hesitation in befriending intentionally let me add that word that's not in my notes i need to add that we can show no hesitation in intentionally befriending people unlike us go
1: go back to chapter 10 verse 20 chapter 10 verse 20 the holy spirit is speaking to peter We'll
0: just, we'll just go back to verse 19 so you see it. While Peter was thinking about the vision, this, the, the, the sheet being lowered, and God saying, don't call unclean what I've called clean, Peter is he's thinking on that. No doubt he's probably thinking, wait a minute, I just told God no three times. Kind of like I told his son no three times. I probably shouldn't do that.
1: So he's thinking about it. The Holy Spirit tells him, three men are here looking for you. Get up. Go
0: downstairs and go with them. Watch this. With no doubts at
1: all, because I have sent them. You don't have to fear, Peter. You don't have to doubt
0: if, if you should go with these people who you have previously and all of your people have previously called unclean. You don't have to doubt you say well that's that's great for peter the holy spirit has talked to him listen the holy spirit has spoken to us too through the word of god matthew chapter 28 says therefore go and make disciples of all nations and meaning this therefore we should go to our neighbors and to the nations to every people group proclaiming the message the good news the gospel of jesus christ Acts chapter two, verse or Acts chapter one, verse eight says, "You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world." We have been given the same mission that Peter has been given, and some might say, "This is that, is that really safe, uh, especially right now in this in this in this." Culture, this 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 demonic virus. Culture, is it really safe for me to go to my neighbors? Is it safe for me to go to people who are unlike me? Listen, the safest place you can be is in the will of God. The safest place you can be is in the will of God. The most dangerous places you can be is in your comfort zone outside the will of God. I love this song, this Christian contemporary song by Ryan Stevens called "In the Eye of the Storm." You've no doubt you've probably heard this on the radio. It's been around for a while. It says, In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the ward, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. You think about it. In the eye of the storm, it is calm. It is eerily calm, Right? And that's what people say. When you're, man, when, when the world is, is, is tumultuous
1: around us and a Christian walks in, they say, man, how can you be calm in this situation? I'm in the center of God's will. In the eye of the storm, God remains in control.
0: The, the first verse says this, When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see, When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm. You remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. We can show no hesitation in intentionally befriending people unlike us. Number two, we can show hospitality toward everyone opening our homes and lives to them we can show hospitality to everyone by opening opening up our homes opening up our lives listen God has given all of us incredible resources that we can open up to people that even people who are unlike us to show hospitality to show Christ-like love to them even in the culture that we are in today. Look at verse
1: 23. Chapter 10, verse 23. This group of Gentiles from Caesarea, hated people, hated place. They come to Peter.
0: They tell him that you know, An angel has spoken to our leader and he's told us to come and get you. He wants you to share a message with us. Apparently it was late because look at verse 23. It says, Peter then invited them in and gave them lodging.
1: Hated people from a hated place. And he shows Christ-like hospitality to people who are unlike him. He opens up his home.
0: He opens up his life says this, then the next day he got up and he set out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went with him. He takes some others along with him. It's a great leadership principle. He doesn't just go along. He grabs some other brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, come on, let's
1: go. No doubt that they were nervous. No doubt they are like, hey, Peter, are you sure? Uh, We're going to go and
0: we're going to do this. Listen, this text provides a wonderful picture of gospel hospitality. And extending our welcome to others. I, I, I want to I encourage you this week, I ask God, starting today, just ask God, God,
1: use me in reaching a Cornelius. Somebody that is an outcast maybe in our community, somebody that's an outcast maybe in our family,
0: someone, someone who, is, who is hated in our culture. Can I, be a, can I be
1: a Cornelius to them? Can I show Christ-like hospitality to them? To do so, you might have to start with a prayer, asking God to cleanse you from any leftover Discrimination. I love this quote by John Piper.
0: John Piper says about this text, actually about uh, chapter 9 or chapter 10, verse 9, he says this Let us wash our minds and our mouths of all racial slurs and ethnic put downs, and be done with all alienating behaviors. And let's be good Samaritans for some ethnic outcast. And let's be the Christ for some untouchable leper. Listen listen to that statement. Let's be the Christ for some untouchable leper. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't, didn't stay away. Jesus touched, literally touched the leper. May we be the Christ for some untouchable leper. And let's be the Peter for some waiting Cornelius. Oh, may we not in our comfortable homes, in our comfortable settings, say, Oh, that's unclean. That is below me. May we not call unclean what God calls clean. We can show hospitality towards everyone. Number three, we can show humility before all people. This is key. We can show humility before all people. Um,. Fellow, the other day that uh, I was listening to his podcast, he was he was jokingly talking about humility, and he said uh, he says I have a book coming out, ten of the ten of the greatest uh, humble people, and how I trained all ten.
1: <laughs> we can show humility before all people. Look at chapter ten, verse twenty five.
0: When Peter entered, Cornelius met him. Remember? Hated man
1: from a hated city. He even has a hated job. When Peter entered Cornelius' house, he met him. Cornelius
0: fell at Peter's feet and he worshipped him. But Peter
1: lifted him up and said, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Peter could have easily said, Yeah, you you need one
0: more, you know, a few more worship songs before we're going to have a conversation. I am the greatest of
1: all apostles. No. Peter humbled himself. He he knelt down and he he picked up Cornelius. He says, I'm just a man. Don't, Don't worship me. He humbled himself. Listen, we must. Here's what Peter
0: is doing. Peter is saying this. I am made in the image of God just as you
1: are made in the image of God. This text constantly reminds us that
0: all of mankind all of mankind, let me say it again, all of mankind is made in the image of God, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their storied past, regardless of their annual income, regardless, regardless, regardless. They are made in the image of God. And we can show a lot of humility when, we re, when we're just reminded, hey, that person that I've been told I need to hate, that person that I think that I am above, Or better than, they are made in the image of God just like I am.
1: Number, I said three, but I'm going to give you a bonus. There is a fourth. And this one, this one is really personal to us. Jesus convicts us of our sin
0: not to push us away, but to draw us closer to Him. This is what he did to Peter. Jesus convicted him of his sin to draw him closer so that he could live on mission, be obedient to the mission and the ministry of God. And when we repent, we can walk in obedience.
1: Look at verse 27. Look at verse 27. And verse 28. While talking with him, he
0: went in and found a large gathering of people. Uh oh, you know what that means? There's not just one unclean person, hated person. There's a crowd of people. A crowd of Gentiles. So here's now this this Christian Jew who who shouldn't be, according to their law, shouldn't be with these Gentiles. And it's it's not like he can just get away by being with this one. Now there is a crowd of people, and look at what happens. Peter says to them, You know it is forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner. He could have put a
1: period there and walked out. But because because Jesus has set him free,
0: because he is now calling clean what God calls clean, there's a three-letter word there that makes a huge difference. But God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. That's why I came without any
1: objection when I was sent for. So, may I ask you why you sent me? Oh, it's an incredible story. Absolutely beautiful story. Before Peter's vision, he never would have gone. He would have been fearful. He
0: would have have discriminated. You're, You're a Gentile. Why are you talking to me, a Jew? Better yet,
1: why are you talking to me, one of Jesus' disciples? See, here's here's the beauty. Peter was saved, but yet yet he still had a a black spot. He still had
0: some dirt. He still had a room in his heart called discrimination that Jesus wanted
1: to root out of. And he does. And praise God, Peter repents. And Peter no longer
0: calls unclean what God calls clean. If you keep on reading that story, here's beautiful at at the very last part of chapter 10. They hear Peter proclaims the gospel. They hear it. Everyone in the the room is saved. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the Gentiles and they are baptized. You see the, the explosion of the church? Judea,
1: Samaria, and now to the Gentiles, to you and I. That's us today. Thank God for that.
0: Listen, if God has through His word, not through my words, but through His word, if He has convicted you this morning, that there may be some leftover discrimination or just a, you know some, some black spots of, of rejecting a certain group of people or a certain person, oh may you recognize that that conviction is not there to push you away, but push you away, but to draw you closer to God so that you can be obedient and live on the mission of what He's called us to do. Thank you for listening to this sermon. If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.